Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and I'm joined, as always, by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. Fisher, how are you this week? I am so good, my friend. It is finally October. That's when the real football happens. Also, we've got baseball playoffs happening. We've got NBA starting up, and guess what? We've got pumpkin spice lattes, we've got pumpkin pies, we've got pumpkin beers. October might be my favorite month of the year, and I'm very excited for it. Dude, you're the worst. I'm the best. You're the worst. Well, it's also the halfway point of the season, so I think we're going to hand out some mid-season superlatives. You ready for that? You, I am, uh, yes. You want to do that? Sure. want to jump right into it? Call your county coach of the year so far. Who you got? Now, this is tricky. Before last week, I would have said Mike DeGrigley because they were undefeated, the, uh, the Golden Gate team down there. Five wins after having three each of the past three seasons, but I'm kind of leaning right now towards Mark Jackson, just what he's done with that team. They're five and one. Now, Coach of the Year, I, I feel, depends so much more on postseason than you know individual awards because if you get your team, let's say Baron Collier goes nine and one, wins a district championship, but loses at home in the first round, it's tough to kind of name a Coach of the Year. But right now, I, I like what they're doing at Baron Collier. Lee County. Coach of the Year is a little tricky because there are so many teams that have just crept in there. We're so deep in Lee County this year. I looked at the total record so far, and Lee County teams are 51 and 49. And wow. you've got teams like Mariner and Cypress Lake coaches who they all deserve consideration. But I'm going to go with Oasis first-year coach, wow. Mac Mitchell. They're averaging 46 points a game last year, and there is only one coach in Lee County who took over a winless program right. in its second year of 11-man football. So I've got Mac Mitchell in this one. Let's move over to Collier County Offensive Player of the Year at the midseason point. Now, this is interesting. Um, I'm doing a story right now, which should be live by the time you guys are hearing this, on naplesnews.com slash prepzone. You know, at the end of each year, the Naples Daily News hands out the Broxton Trophy, our overall Player of the Year uh, award, and there's so many guys right now. I mean, So you, have to, you, you guys have to consider who the best overall player is, and then if that player happens to be an offensive player— which it normally the is. The second best offensive player is the is Naples Daily You're Naples. right, and that's another, a conversation for another day. Um, but we do have an overall player of the year, an offensive player of the year, and a defensive player of the year. I think the best football player in Collier County is Ches Malusi. No surprise. He's committed to Clemson for a reason. He's one of the top running backs in the nation, definitely in the state. You know, is this an MVP award? Is the most valuable to his team? Would Naples still be... 4-1 and one without him, I think maybe they would be. You know, you look at a guy like Javinsley Bazil, the Washington State commit at Golden Gate. He carried that team for two weeks when, when they were without their top two quarterbacks. He had something like almost 600 yards in two games. So I think best player, obviously, Ches Malusi, and he's going to continue to rack up yards, and they're going to go deep in the playoffs, going to put himself in a real good position to win that Broxon. In Lee County, we only have one Offensive Player of the Year Award, and I think that one goes to Rashawn Hunter of Mariner. Yeah. He's got 17 touchdowns he's had a hand in this season. Would Mariner be 3-2 and two and averaging 36 points a game without Rashawn Hunter? The answer is no. no. Absolutely not. Is he still doing it on both sides of the ball, even though he's playing quarterback? Oh, yeah, he, oh, and he's a great defensive player, too. Yeah. But, you know, 
we're not really considering him. Oh, you're talking about offensive. Okay. Offensive player. I was of the thinking year more over. in the mind of overall, like who's well, doing the best. If you, if you got a great two way guy, and also under consideration, you've got Jesse Charles, the quarterback from yeah. North Fort Myers, who didn't play last year, but you know he's a great two way threat. You've got a quarterback at Oasis, Daniel Rennie, who's thrown for 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. And you've got a couple of good running backs, I think, in Glee County. But really, Rashawn Hunter, he's I'm not going to say he's the whole Mariner team because they've got some good players also, but I don't think they're 3-2 and two without him. Agreed. Moving on, what about Naples Daily News Defensive Player of the Year? Well, this is trickier because – Let's be honest, defensive statistics are harder to come by. You know, we're relying on teams to give them to us, and a lot of times teams do not. And, and when we're out there covering games, we're not able to really record many defensive statistics. We're busy shooting video and taking stats and whatnot. So I was looking more in the mind of guys that go true two-way. Um, I'm thinking of a guy like a Jaden Roll at Baron Collier. He's a lockdown cornerback who has 15 tackles and one interception, even though Guys aren't throwing to him that much. He also has 600 yards of offense. Charles Toombs at Immokalee, two receptions returned last week for touchdowns. He's a two-way guy. And then just just one of the best straight-up defensive guys I've seen this year, Naples linebacker Mark Vichek. He's got some smaller D1 offers, and he's, he's on pace for 100 tackles. So those are just some guys that have stuck out to me at the midseason. Lee County Defensive Player of the Year. I would have to say that's a Darian Robinson, linebacker from Riverdale. And I'm just going on what I've seen this year. And this kid is, wherever the ball is, he's there. Yeah. He's there for a sack. He's there for a tackle for a loss, fumble recovery. I mean, and he's a great running back as well, but that's neither here nor there. I was going to say, he's playing two ways, right? He's, exactly. I, I love how much of a ball hawk he is, but also very close second, Trayshawn Clark, the defensive end from Cape Coral. I mean, he is the best pass rusher. I think, in Southwest Florida. And that's high praise considering you've got Derek Hunter Jr. at Dunbar, Florida State commit, Quashon Fuller, Florida State commit, defensive lineman from Lehigh. So he's having a great season, and that's with nine and a half fingers. He had the the top of his finger uh, amputated after the spring game. So he's doing a great job there. What about most surprising team from Collier County? You know, and I feel like I'm touching on the same teams, but but they're good. I mean, Golden Gates coming out 5-0, and I don't know if that was necessarily a surprise. We, we talked about them in the preseason, how we thought they were going to be good. I think um, Baron Collier has surprised me. I've talked about them enough, 5-1. and I guess I would lean that way. I mean, if you want to talk true surprising, how about Immokalee starting 0-5? I think that was probably the biggest surprise. I think you were probably uh, looking would for you a put positive that in disappointing? Would you, would you put that on a disappointing? I would. Most definitely I would. Most surprising team in Lee County, it's tough because, again, there's so many upstart teams, but I'm going to give it to Bishop Burrow. 5-1 and one against a really tough schedule. Josh Vogelbach, the coach there, made a very, very difficult schedule, and they've, they've produced. They probably should have beat Cardinal Mooney at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season, but they also beat Lakeland Christian, an undefeated right. LaBelle team, on the road in a rivalry game. They've been very good. They've been scoring points out the wazoo. They beat First Baptist. They yeah. dropped 59 points on them. Jacob Azizi is their sophomore quarterback. I said sophomore quarterback, and wow. he's doing a great job there, and they're putting up all those points. And defensively, I think they're only giving up like 16 points a game. So I'm going to go with Bishop Verreau. And you, you like them better than Riverdale. I mean, because kind of the same thing. You thought Riverdale had, had a chance to be pretty good. It's funny. I talked to a lot of coaches in Southwest Florida, and they all saw this coming. Really? So – I'm not going to say Riverdale's in the surprising team gotcha. category because they showed 
flashes of greatness last year. I mean, they couldn't finish. Maybe at the end of the season they could finish, but it was tough for them early in the season. They've had a lot of adversity that they went through. So I'm not going to put them in surprising because a lot of coaches think that, you know, they saw this coming. Sure. Disappointing team from Lee County. I'm going to go with South Fort Myers, 0-5. Yeah. That's a team you never really see that kind of start from in their decade-plus of school history. They play East Lee this week. I think they get their first win. But a Brian Kahn team averaging less than 100 yards of offense a game. That's crazy. That's tough. They've got a lot of young players in key positions, so they will get better as time goes. But for now, I'll put South Fort Myers at disappointing in Lee County. And I think in Collier, I mentioned Immokalee. We've talked about them enough. A team that we haven't talked about a bunch is First Baptist, and I don't know yet what to make of them. They're 2-3, and three-game three losing streak, but they've had a weird year with scheduling because they've had to schedule a 5A team, a 4A team. They're just 2A. Some big international school from Clearwater. But that being said, you got to win games to get into the playoffs. They've only got three games left, and they're against three tough opponents, including Moorhaven. So it's been tough for the Lions, especially since, you know, they win – what, five straight district championships before last year? I expected them to bounce back pretty well, but the jury's still kind of out on them. Next, I want to go through a quick couple of headlines with the playoff points that mm-hmm. released the second week of it. What stood out at you the most with regard to the playoff points? Well, I think what stood out to me the most is just how much they changed from week to week, and we knew this would happen, especially since, you know, each game now. When they first came out, teams have played five games, maybe four games. So you add one more game to that, you're increasing it by 20%, if that makes sense. So by the end of the year, you've already played nine games. The final game, you add another one. So they'll be more locked in. There'll be less change. Does that make sense to you? Did, did my math make any kind of sense right there? So Baron Carrier goes up to number two in 6A. Fort Myers is at the top. Naples, despite a 42 to nothing win, they drop down to five. But again, it's, it's all about who you play. Baron Carrier beat an undefeated team. Whether or not Golden Gate is a great undefeated team, they beat them. And Naples beat a losing Palmetto Ridge team. So they're just going to fluctuate a whole bunch. And, and that's what stood out. My thing is you have to root for all of your opponents. To win. All, all 10 opponents on your schedule, after you play them, you've got to root for them in every single game that they play. For instance, I'm going to throw Cape Coral out there. They were, what, number three in the rankings to uh, when, the, when they first came out? They dropped all the way down to eight. Right. Well, no surprise, they played Ida Baker, yeah. who has won very few games over the, year, over the last couple of years. They're not a playoff team, and that dropped them significantly. On the flip side of that, you have Immokalee, who's... One in five right now. They're, they moved up from seventh to sixth. Which, in, by the way, did we get clarification? I guess in the first point standings, they had Immokalee's record wrong. Yes, they did. And Dunbar climbed in the rankings. I think they were 16th a week ago with that mistake. Now what, they're tied, they're for, up to nine. tied for ninth? Yeah. Yeah. Your opponents and how well they do throughout the season, I think is that that's the most important thing. And that's why these are going to fluctuate for the next couple of weeks. You are correct. Well, we're going to end this segment, and we're going to jump into some of the key games in Lee and Collier County next week, and we're going to break them down. So join us after this break. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. And we are back with Inside Southwest Florida Football, the podcast where we get you ready for the upcoming games here in our second segment. We do look ahead to these Friday games here in week seven. 
Got some big ones. Let's start in Lee County, where undefeated Cape Coral is at a Lehigh team that just took its first loss, even though it pushed Fort Myers to the brink, despite Lehigh missing, what, how many players are gone? Three. Three. So tell me, I believe you were at that game, right, Fort Myers at Lehigh? Yeah, that was a, a an interesting game because Lehigh jumped out to a, an 11-point right. lead. But then Fort Myers' defense kind of just really clamped down on them, and Lehigh was really not able to do anything the rest of the way. It's I don't know how much the suspensions from the brawl up at St. Pete's Lakewood affected the team. We didn't really get the names of the players, the three players that were suspended for six games because they were redacted in the report. But this was a devastating loss for Lehigh. They had never beaten Fort Myers, and this was their moment. Fort Myers was without their starting quarterback, Willie Neal. And then you got on the other side of this game, Cape Coral, who is 5-0 right now under first-year coach Dale Moore, who we'll hear from a little later. They've shut out three teams this year. Wow. They held Ida Baker to negative two yards of offense, and I don't care – you know, how bad Ida Baker is to hold a team to negative two yards of offense is impressive in itself. And I think it's going to come down to whether Cape can stop Lehigh's running game. Bud Chaney was stopped. I think he only had 66 yards against Fort Myers. They did a real good job on him. And if you can't run the ball, you can't win in this area. And let's be honest, I don't think either of us are super impressed with Lehigh. Despite uh, the 3-1 and record right now, you know, their wins are against Dunbar, which, you know, you, you said was a good win at home, but Dunbar's not as good as we well, thought. They also beat South. South uh, is uh, defeated right now. They don't have any wins. The Lakewood win was, that was, was a good, good win. but they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. They were right. down 17. You can't rely on that. So that being said, I think it should be a pretty good game, but I do like what Cape Coral's doing right now. Let's bounce down to Collier County where we have – Two rivalry games this week. The first one we'll talk about, the Catfish Bowl. And, Mr. Regan, you're, you're newer to the area than I am, the Catfish Bowl, because Baron Collier are cougars and Golf Coast are sharks. That's a catfish. You got a cat, you got a shark. Does that make sense to you? Shouldn't it be the Cat Shark Bowl? Yeah, but, you know, it should be the Cougar Shark Bowl, but Cougar's a cat, shark's a fish. Anyways, so these teams are rivals. You since just confused the heck out of me, dude. Golf Coast opened in 98 and took half of uh, Baron Collier's student body with it. But it's at Baron Collier. Baron Collier's on a roll right now. Golf Coast looked pretty good last week, as I think we may have mentioned in the first segment, playing pretty strong against Riverdale. You know, if Golf Coast can come out and whip the ball around, which they've been able to do this year, their, their junior quarterback, Justin Mattia, leads Collier County in passing. I think they got a chance, but they're going to have to score some points. Yeah, that's the only way Gulf Coast wins this game is if they can outscore Baron Collier, and I don't see that happening at all because Baron Collier, they've just been clicking on all cylinders offensively. Mark Jackson, he likes to mix it up. He likes to have a little balance in his offense. They spread the field, and they've got you know running backs that are running the ball really well. I think maybe what it comes down to is depth for Baron Collier. I I know you guys had mentioned that – some of their offensive linemen are playing both ways now this season. Will that have? A, will that make a difference in this game? Baron Collier's really banged up on defense. They're, they're down at least uh, their starting cornerback, Michael McClay, who I believe led the team in interceptions last year, and they were down three or four other starters a few weeks ago. they got to recover. If they can stay healthy and stop them, should be a pretty good game. Let's go back up north here to Lee County where Dunbar is at North Fort Myers. North Fort Myers coming off a huge victory. This was a game, I think, early in the season. We circled and said, this is going to be great. And then both teams kind of got off to, a, or at least Dunbar, got off to a slower start than we imagined. So what, what's your take on it now? Is it still going to be a good one? 
I think it is actually. This one was a good one, good one last year. It came down to a Fanage Gote pick six in the fourth quarter. I know Fanage is not there this year, but I mean, I think defensively, Dunbar matches up with Fort Myer, North Fort Myers very well, and this is a North Fort Myers team that put up 412 yards of offense in the first half against Port Charlotte. That's not, insane. Not Ida Baker, not Island Coast. They did it against Port Charlotte. Yeah. They ended up with 532 yards total in the game, and they did something a little different than what they normally do. North Fort Myers usually spreads the field out. They kind of bunched it up, and it hmm. kind of looked like the wing T. Yeah. But it was not the wing T. Hmm. <laughs> they, were, they were throwing it all over the place. Jesse Charles, their quarterback, he's doing a great job having not even played last year. And you got Clayton Savinsky, who's an excellent wide receiver. And then you have Shamari Mason, who we talk about every single week, and he's a threat. I think if you key on him, the rest of the team just goes crazy. Well, that's what they showed you. We've talked about Shamari Mason a bunch, and then Jesse Charles steps up and has a big day. So they got plenty of weapons there. Down in Collier County, a game that's um, similar, that's been good in years past. The luster's off a little bit with uh, Palmetto Ridge at Immokalee. Immokalee coming off a big win. They're 1-5. Palmetto Ridge is 2-3. and three. But Immokalee showed us what they can do. They really put a hurting on a uh, Cypress Lake team that we thought was pretty good. Beat them 55-20, to 20, I believe it was. I imagine the bandwagon at Immokalee, they don't have a lot of people on the bandwagon. So I'm going to step on. Oh. I'm gonna, I, I really never got off, but... You know, I maybe took a pit stop. I'm back on the Immokalee bandwagon. <laughs> I think they win the rest of their games this year. I, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because earlier this week I was looking at the schedule. Like, well, what, what can they do? You're right, man. Palmetto Ridge and they're at Clewiston, at Laley, and Mariner. My, Definitely all winnable games. My question to you is, Immokalee, with the current playoff standings, they're number six. Mm-hmm. They're in. If they win the rest of their games, they probably get in, right, even if they don't win a district championship? I would think so, yes, in that district or do, that uh, region. Do you want to play Immokalee in that first round of the playoffs? I wouldn't think so, even though it'll be on the road. Um, but, but they'll be rolling. And when they're dangerous, if they can stay healthy, that's the key when you only have a roster of 30 guys. It could be good. And Palmetto Ridge, hey, we still don't know a ton about them because Palmetto Ridge coaches do not put their stats on max prep. So I'm put calling, calling them out right now. We have no stats on Palmetto Ridge. We have nothing on How them. many other schools can I call out up here in Lee County for not doing that? A well, lot. well, we, we're we pretty good in uh, Collier County. Back up here, another big one. You guys got some good ones up here this week. Cypress Lake at Bishop Vero. Cypress Lake coming off that big loss. They're going to be angry with Bishop Vero, as you said, probably the surprise team of the year in Lee County at 4-1 or is it 5-1? 5-1. But Cypress Lake, a bigger school coming in, maybe a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Will this one be close? I think this is a, a game that should be played every single year. Because geographically, you know, the schools are very close to each other. All the kids know each other. This one's a tough one for me. Cypress Lake on the road. It's at Vero. Vero's been clicking offensively. Cypress Lake didn't really come on until some garbage time at the end last week against Immokalee. But that's at Immokalee. Yeah. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that one off. I think that, that Cypress Lake has the offense to contend with Bishop Vero. And what is going to be? An epic shootout. I'm calling it epic. Yeah, you're right. Both these teams can put up points. And as I said, I think the Panthers are going to come in angry, which is going to make this pretty good. One game I do not anticipate being good, Naples at Laley. Let's touch on it, though, because it is the longest-running rivalry in Collier County. It is not the oldest. Immokalee and Naples started in 1959. Naples-Laley started in 1974. I'm pulling these dates off the top of my head. I hope I got 74 them right. 74 is correct. First two high schools in, in Naples, but but this uh, the Coconut Bowl, they've played every year since then. Immokalee, they've taken some breaks. Naples has a 29-15 to edge. 
including 17 of the last 19. Naples has won eight in a row. I do not see that streak ending this week. Well, let's talk about Laley a little bit. Yeah. They they showed something to us. Home game against Dunbar, who nobody really expected they win. They get a kickoff return for a touchdown and a interception return for a touchdown right. to go up two scores in that game. And then Dunbar, you know, they just they were just too much for them at the end. I mean, that's progress, right? Yeah, it's progress. And I think what Laley has shown us all year is they can score on defense. They can score on special teams. They have athletes and speed to do that. They just don't have any offense. I don't know what the problem is because they have one of the best running backs in Collier County. They have five offensive touchdowns in five games, That's, that's including none last week. Both their, both their touchdowns, like you said, defense and special teams. That's not going to fly against Naples, who's one of Absolutely the top not. defenses down here. So we, uh, we anticipate that one not being close, but uh, it is great for the uh, old-timers down in Collier County who, you know, may have – been around for the very first coconut bowl. We love the old timers down in Collier County. Oh, There's no the disrespect. The old timers love us. The old timers pay my salary in Collier County. So, all right, that'll take care of week seven look ahead. Now, in our third segment, Mr. Adam Regan talked with one of these coaches we just talked about, Dale Moore from Undefeated Cape Coral, on the other side of this break. Have your say on which high school football matchup should be the game of the week. The news press and Naples Daily News staffs. We'll select three games in each county and your votes on news-press.com, naplesdailynews.com, or the mobile apps will determine which is the game of the week. Hey everybody and welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press and I'm here at Cape Coral Football Practice with first year head coach Dale Moore, 5-0 Cape Coral. Can't believe I forgot about that, Dale. Tell me how you guys got to this point where you're at five and zero right now. I think that a lot of things happened. I was really blessed to be able to hire some great coaches. Our whole staff are really good coaches. They've got head coach experience. They've got collegiate experience. They've got I mean, one guy played you know coached for four years mm-hmm. in the SEC. And I just was really blessed to be able to hire amazing coaches. On top of that, they all have all bought into our to my message, which we are portraying to the kids. So it's one message from all of us to the kids. There's not a bunch of different messages. And the main message for us is, is unity over preference, just choosing unity and everyone over what they want individually. And they've really bought into that. And I feel like all those things together have really pushed us to kind of have one heartbeat. You know, at the end of each practice, we clap our hands like a heartbeat as we close it down. And uh, most of the times the kids start it without me. I don't think a lot of people saw this, you guys going 5-0 and to start the season. Have your guys embraced that under-the-radar feel? I mean, it's not you're not under the radar anymore, I don't think. But No, certainly not. I think so. You know, I, they just... They're a good bunch. They just work hard every single day. They come out to practice, and, and I actually had a meeting with our coaches yesterday and said, are we doing too much laughing out there? And, and I don't think so. They're having fun. You know, they're really enjoying it. And I, I think that they love the challenge. They love seeing where we're ranked and who's above us and all those kind of things and, and really pushing every single week to do their very best. You know, they want to achieve excellence, and that's one thing we talk about in our meetings. You guys compete in the district. Class 6A, District 10, that's crazy every single year. Now you guys are in the mix. What is it going to take to be successful in a district with the Charlottes, the North Fort Myers of the world? Yep, they're, they're coming up for sure. I think we just have to continue with what we're doing. I hate to say it like this because it's coach speech, but it's how we talk as a program, and we just take every week as it comes. You know, with the new point system, you have to take every week as it comes, and you have to every game is important, every one you play, more so than even before where it really was just the district. You know, we, we definitely have our eyes set on, on what's coming, but, but these guys are excited to play Lehigh this Friday night and, um, and see where we've come as a program. 
you spoke about the new point system. How much can a coach really pay attention to the first couple of them? I don't think you really can. I mean, it's fun to look at. It's, it's interesting to talk about maybe, but uh, none of our guys have, have mentioned it. Now, when you get a little closer, week 8, 9, 10, you start wondering, hey, maybe where do we fall? But, but right now, we just have to win games, and we just have to play hard. And Dale, you guys draw Lehigh this week, a pretty angry Lehigh team, I think, a team thought they were capable of beating Fort Myers this week. What do you guys need to do to be successful against a team where there's athletes everywhere? That's it. We just have to play great football, and we have to be well-coached during this week and have a great plan. They're a tough team. They're well-coached. Coach Cheney does a great job over there. Uh, they've got dudes everywhere, like you said. They're, they're big up front, and they got skilled guys everywhere, and it's going to be a great challenge for, for our program to, to see where we're at. They're, they're a good team. Well, Dale, I appreciate you joining me on Inside Southwest Florida Football, and good luck this week. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Well, that was Dale Moore, head coach of Cape Coral. To find out if the Seahawks remain undefeated with a win over Lehigh, go to news-press.com after the game for highlights, analysis, and a photo gallery. After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. And welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, joined as always by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News, and this is our favorite segment. You ask a question to us on Twitter. I'm at NP underscore Adam Regan and... And I am at NDN underscore Adam. We answer it. Anything you want to know about Southwest Florida football. First question comes from Jermaine Washington. I believe he is on the coaching staff at Naples High, correct? Correct. He wants to know, if you had to make a fantasy football team from last week, who would be on there? Oh, he wants to include a head coach, too. Defense, special teams, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We're not going to do tight ends because I have no clue. No. And we're going to do it for the whole season yeah, because we can't just base it on last week. Yeah, we're calling an audible. And this will be looking ahead. I'm not going to base on uh, you know what, what has already happened, even though that's going to play I into am. it. But looking ahead, it'll probably be about the same. So we're talking about a quarterback, a couple running backs, a couple wide receivers. And do we want to go Lee County and Collier County? Yeah, yeah let's do it. And I want to – preface this by saying i'm a terrible fantasy football gm so i don't anticipate that i'll have the best team at the end of this i'll give you first pick go oh boy that's tough quarterback we don't have a lot of guys down in Carter county whipping it around i mentioned justin matia of, of gulf coast who leads the county in passing however i mean i we talk about him all the time the best quarterback down there the best pure passer the guy's going to put up numbers rj rosales at immokalee foolish move by you oh boy i I will recommend you pick some Lee County players because I think if you don't, you're going to lose this battle. I'm going to go quarterback Daniel Rennie, Oasis, uh, 20 touchdowns on the season. He can run for scores too. He has 1,300 yards of offense. Oasis doesn't play that great of a schedule. So I took him over Jesse Charles of North Fort Myers. Now listen, I was going to mix it up, but since you uh, told me I need to pick Lee County players, I'm not going to do it. I have problems with authority. I don't like you telling me well, what I'm to do. I'm going to pick Collier. So I'm, I'm picking all Collier where, where players. necessary, I'm going to pick Collier. So. All right, are we doing a snake draft? Do you get first pick on on running backs? Yeah, um, on running backs, I'm going to go with Ches. Oh, <laughs> you son of Naples. a gun. I knew I shouldn't have given you that first pick. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, a rookie move by you. I'm going to go with Ches Malusi of Naples. I don't even need to say why. 
Well, I'm going to take, I'm going to stay in uh, Collier County just because Drew Powell, I like what he does. I don't think he's the most talented of the group. I mean, Javinsley Bazil of uh, Baron Collier is good, but I think Drew Powell is in a better offense, uh, more opportunities because there's more players around him to kind of take the defenses away. And he leads Collier County in rushing above Chesma Lucy right now. So I'll take uh, Drew Powell. And I'm going to give you, in true snake fat draft format, I'm going to give you the next running back pick. Oh, boy. You know what? Can I call an audible? Can I put Jensen Jones in at running back, or does he have to be uh, at a quarterback? I think he. I think you can utilize him at a bunch oh, of I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him. He'll be my utility player from uh, St. John Newman. Bounces around just because of injury. He has 600 yards passing, 600 yards rushing, and scores, I think, every one of their touchdowns there at Newman. I'm going to go with Adrian Canny uh, mm-hmm. of Cape Coral, who's just – a bowling ball. He had 118 yards and three TDs last week. I'm looking for TDs, baby. Give me the touchdowns. He scores them. I'm gonna go with Adrian Canny. And now I'm gonna take the first wide receiver. If okay. that's cool, if that's cool with you. Oh man, this is a tough one. I'm gonna go with Tanner Rennie of Oasis. The Rennie brothers wow. are gonna be my team. I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name my team some version of Rennie. Yeah. Uh, Rennie to go or something or something <laughs> like that. Again, I'm after touchdowns and. The Rennie brothers hook up for touchdowns, so double points for me. Well, listen, that's a smart move. It's like it's like NFL fantasy football. It doesn't have to be the best team, you know. It doesn't have to be the best players. Just the players with the most opportunity. Oasis does score a lot of touchdowns, and another guy that scores a lot of touchdowns, Luke Baker. I believe he leads Collier County in receiving touchdowns with about eight right now. Catches a lot of balls there in that Gulf Coast offense committed to Southern Miss. Big tall guy, six four, six five, something like that. So I'm gonna take him as my receiver, hauling in some passes. My next wide receiver is going to be Clayton Savinsky from North Fort Myers. When he's open, he catches the ball, and he catches them for touchdowns. Long touchdowns. Had a 92-yarder last week. Wow. It's probably the longest one in Florida, I would say. Give me Clayton Savinsky. Now, listen, in our fantasy league, we're getting points for uh, return touchdowns. So I'm going to take Charles Toombs from Immokalee as my second receiver. He's known mainly for his defensive prowess. You can't get any defensive touchdowns out of him no no i'm talking about returns like special teams he'll return kicks punts i mean i'll put him back there to return anything i'm gonna get points from charles tombs i'm gonna take him well i'm gonna make a rule here as a league commissioner this is your flex pick anyone running back running back or wide receiver Jeez, who have I left out? Once you pick, I, I think I think it's your. Oh, turn. you're gonna you're gonna give me a pick I am. here. I feel bad for you. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with Seneca Millage of Dunbar. That's good. I, I think he he's gonna have a great end to the season. Should be interesting. And I'll take uh, Henderson Francois Lely, a guy that again gets a lot of opportunities about all the offense Lely has, and he also returns kicks. He'll uh, he'll get some points, and I, I don't think he catches too many balls, but he'll uh, he'll play special teams for me. What about head coach? Do I get the first pick of head coach? Well. Not, not when you no. say it that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go no, ahead. Who would you pick? I mean, obviously, if you want one coach in Southwest Florida, I think we all know it's, it's Bill Kramer, two-time state champion, wins double-digit games every year. He's an FHSAA Hall of Famer, FACA Hall of Famer, and that's pretty easy. Can I go with Sam Dollar? <laughs> <laughs> He's not a head coach, though. But, yeah, I mean, uh, clearly I'm going to go with Sam Sirianni from Fort Myers. The thing about Sam Sirianni is he knows who team's best players are, and he takes them away Week after week after week. Kind of like Sam Dollar, I think, but I'm going to go with Sam Sirianni of Fort Myers. So does that mean that I get first pick for defense? Yes, special sir. Teams? Yes, sir. This is tough considering if I was going to do a what have you done for me lately thing, I would go with Immokalee, who had three defensive touchdowns yeah. last week. But I'm going to go with Cape Coral. Three three shutouts on the right. season. I believe last week they had two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, 
and two safeties. That would have got me a lot of points last week, but they've been having a great defensive season. Yes, and if we're talking uh, metrics like that, I mean, I'm going to go with Naples High. Not only are they, I think, the best defense, but, you know, they, they block a lot of kicks. They return a lot of kicks when we're talking special teams. Two shutouts the past three weeks. I mean, that's just what Naples does down here. The past two games, they've scored defensive touchdowns in each one, and I think return touchdowns in each two. So, again, uh, I'll stick with Naples. Yeah, well, that'll do it for the fantasy teams. We're not going to keep any kind of stats on this to know who won, but uh, just know that I probably lost. Yeah. <laughs> Our second and last question of the segment comes from God Will Guide Me, who gave us his biographical yeah, information. Anthony. Anthony, uh, he's a 2010 Palmetto Ridge graduate, headed to the Air Force. So, Anthony, we thank you in advance for yeah, your service, you, and Anthony. we're going to answer your question, and we'll answer your question every week if you want us to. <laughs> How much does the caliber of school play into recruiting? I'm assuming he means size of the school, what classification they play into. How does that factor into someone's recruiting, whether they play for a big school or a small school? Oh, I I was thinking the other way, so we could answer any way we want. I was thinking how much it, he recruiting to that high school, like how like North Fort Myers when they got Ernest Graham. You know, I w- I don't want to call it recruiting because that is illegal by FHSAA, but a lot of kids transferred there. But he's probably talking the way you. Oh wow, that's it. a completely different spin on Listen, this. Listen, when people say recruiting. In, in Southwest Florida, they're usually talking about that kind of recruiting, drawing other high school kids to your high school. So we're going to answer this question both ways. Okay. Um, I think the first way, Mr. Regan mentioned, I think caliber, I think it's more based on size, like you said. You might have a 500 t- team, a team that's not that good, but if you're 6A, that, that's a little bit better than a you know 8-2 and two team in 2A when you're talking about drawing college looks, college recruits. With the size of the school – I think it matters because I think college coaches in the spring, when they come down I-75, they're going to go to the big schools. They're going to want to see spring practices at Naples High. Yeah. They're going to want to see spring practices at Fort Myers High. You know, the Urban Myers of the world are and their staffs, they're going to go to certain schools. So if you happen to not be a star on a Fort Myers, Naples, right. Immokalee, or something like that, you're going to get seen by right. coaches and I'm not just talking about the you know Power Five conferences, you know, the Southern Miss of the world. They're going to come to practice, and they want the guys that you know maybe aren't the superstars, but they're going to see you at spring practice. So I think the size of the school matters, which is kind of unfair for the guys like Logan Perlman, the quarterback for Jensen EC, Jones. ECS. Those guys, maybe those big school, those smaller schools aren't going to get the attendance at the spring practice where a lot of recruiting is done. Right. You want to answer the question the other way? Well, the other way is obvious. I mean, if a school is good in football, high school kids want to go play there. I'm not going to call it recruiting because schools don't have ter- to recruit. That's a terrible, wor- terrible use of, used word. Recruiting. It's the thing that FHSA doesn't want to talk about. Yep. They don't want to talk about the uh, you know schools are recruiting other kids because that's illegal. But it does happen. And I don't think it happens as much. Like, people talk so much about, you know, Naples High recruiting kids. Well, they don't have to. They've won two state championships. You know, kids want to come play there no matter what. So they don't have to go out and advertise. Kids already want to go there. Well, that'll do it, man. Not not uh, very many questions this week, but we were able to talk a little bit more in depth. Again, if you want to ask us a question about anything, you can ask uh, Mr. Adam Regan what his uh, favorite meal is. You know, you can ask me what my favorite TV show is. We'll answer anything. Those are a lot tougher questions for me than Those are easy for me. We'll get to those next week. If you want a question for me, I'm at NDN underscore Adam on Twitter. And I'm MP underscore Adam Regan. And we'll be right back with predictions.
For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone or download our apps. And it is prediction time. We're going to tell you who's going to win 10 games this week. I first want to offer my sincere, heartfelt congratulations to my partner, Mr. Adam Regan. You went 10-0 last week, as awesome as I have been. And I've been darn near unstoppable in predictions the past four weeks. I have not gone 10-0 any week. So congratulations to you, my friend. I don't think you're sincere at all. I am sincere. And you picked up a game for the first time. Yeah, that's the but. (laughs) I'm also still five games down in the in the standings. You are forty six and fourteen, which calculates as nearly seventy seven percent. That's yep. pretty good percentage. And I am forty one and nineteen on the season, which is sixty eight percent. And that's still a good percentage. Just you know, when you're going against the best, you're not going to look as good. You know, so got it. No, no shame on you. Well, I've been going last the last couple of weeks. Okay. So how about? You go last. All right, sounds good. Let's run down them. The game we talked about, we're both looking forward to. Cape Coral at Lehigh. What do you got? I've got Cape Coral in this one on the road. I think that they're the better team in this one. I, I, neither of us have been super impressed with what Lehigh's done this year. They are 3-1, and one, but I think it came against a struggling South team at the moment that they beat them, a struggling Dunbar team, and a, a decent win against Lakewood. But really, man... 11 points in the first quarter against Fort Myers and then nothing. That's not going to get it done against Cape Coral, who's of excellent defense. And I agree with everything you just said. And the defense is what swings it for me. So I also am going to take Cape Coral. Let's move on to Dunbar at North Fort Myers. We broke it down earlier. North Fort Myers is looking really good in recent weeks, but can they beat Dunbar coming to their house? Well, if they put up 412 yards of offense in the first half, they're definitely going to beat Dunbar, but that's not going to happen because Dunbar's defense is top-notch. I think this is a close one, but I'll go with North Fort Myers at home. Again, I I cannot argue with you. You are the man who is 10-0. You are the smartest person in this room right now. North Fort Myers, I also will pick. Cypress Lake at Bishop Vero, another good one? I I don't know. I think it's possible we could defer on this one, or if you – you know, want to be – yeah, I know, I know, because you want to win this. <laughs> so that, you know, you're just going to mess with the integrity of the pick segment. But I'm going to go to Cypress Lake in this one. Really? Wow. I, th- I think they've got pretty good weapons to win in a shootout against Bishop Vero, and maybe they might be able to slow down the Vikings offense a little bit. I was fully expecting you to pick Bishop Vero, and I didn't want to pick Cypress Lake, so I'm not going to since you already did. I'm going to take Vero. ECS – at St. John Newman, a battle of 2A teams, both hoping to get at uh, or playoff spots in Class 2A, albeit different regions. Does ECS got firepower to hang with Newman? They do have firepower, but they can't tackle on defense, and that's going to be a problem against Newman. I think Newman bounces back from a tough loss against a bigger LaBelle yeah. school in this one. Yeah, Newman, a team we haven't mentioned yet, but they did go to LaBelle last week, and they got down 20 to nothing. Um, again, LaBelle, very good, and 4A, twice the size of Newman. But Newman looked pretty good in the second half, so I also am going to take Newman at home. Astero at Lemon Bay. I did not do my research on Lemon Bay, but I believe you did. Why don't you tell me about them? Well, the, my, the extent of my research is that they are 0-5 on the season. Wow. They have not won a game. Astero has won two of them, although they did struggle a little bit with a winless Eastleigh County yeah. team. I'm going to go with Lemon Bay at home. First wow. win of the season. 
Nice. You, you are just handing me games this week. I'm going to take Estero because I think they got the offense that can put up some points when they need to. Moving on, a game I think um, we don't expect to be as close. Maybe you do, but Mariner at Ida Baker. Mariner we talked about earlier. Got uh, some dynamic athletes, including Rashawn Hunter. Baker has not won a game. They've won one. Oh, They've I apologize, one. Baker. Sorry, Bulldogs. But who you got? I got Mariner in this one. Look, Rashawn Hunter didn't play the second half of their win over Cluiston. And big shout-out to Dakota Puckett from Mariner. Stopping Cluiston at the one-yard line as time expired in a 24-20 win. That's huge, man. That's momentum building. Big shout-out to Dakota Puckett's parents for naming him Dakota Puckett. I like that. That is a fun name. I'll take Mariner, too, because, yeah, I like Mariner. Fort Myers at Dade City Pasco, another team I know absolutely nothing about. I kind of know where Dade City is, and that's about the extent of my knowledge. Um, so, so fill that's me in. That's a trip and a half, man, yep. Dade City to Pasco County up there. This game replaces the uh, game, the two-game series that Fort Myers had scheduled against West Palm Beach Oxbridge Academy, who doesn't have a football team this year. So Sam Sirianni took any game he possibly could, and that's a two-hour and 45-minute trip up to Pasco County. I got Fort Myers in this one. Pasco County has only scored eight points the last two weeks. And Fort Myers, I don't know if Willie Neal, the starting quarterback for Fort Myers, is going to play. But I think Cole Ames and Carter Lane, if they need to, can uh, win this game. Yeah, long road trip. But as you said, not a very good opponent. So I'll take uh, the green wave. Catfish Bowl, Cougars and Sharks, Gulf Coast, at Baron Collier. We broke it down earlier. I think it might be closer than some people think, but who do you think is going to win? I think I've gone out on a limb on a couple of my picks so far. Well, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to pick Baron Collier. I don't think Gulf Coast has the defense to slow down Baron Collier's explosive offense. And I don't know that uh, Baron Collier has the defense to slow down Gulf Coast offense. Uh, maybe slow it down, but not stop. So I think it'll be a fair amount of points here. And, I, and I'm cautious about becoming a uh, Baron Collier bandwagon member. I don't want to be on anyone's bandwagon. I want to be fair and objective. I'm on However, a Mockley's bandwagon, just, do, just for the record. Well, I, I need to steer clear of that since you don't work in Collier County. I do. But I do like Baron Collier. I am going to pick them. Next one, Palmetto Ridge at Immokalee. Another game I think will be a good game. Palmetto Ridge coming off a loss. Immokalee coming off a big win. Their first win of the season. Can they make it two in a row? I've already I've already stated my position on this one. Oh, that's right. You are on the bandwagon. I, I, I'm on the bandwagon. Immokalee wins the rest of their games, and they become one of the most dangerous playoff opponents. The most dangerous 5-5 five and five teams out there. If there is room on the Immokalee bandwagon and you will let me in, I will gladly hop on, at least for this week. I'm also taking the Indians. And finally, the Coconut Bowl. Naples. At Laley. Adam Regan's going to take Laley, and I'll take Naples, right? <laughs> I'm trying to stop laughing. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, I am not taking Laley. Props to Laley yeah. for making it a game against Dunbar. I mean, they took advantage of a Dunbar team that was coming off its first win of the season, which happened to be against Immokalee. So they caught them in a letdown situation but couldn't finish the job. Uh, Naples very rarely has letdown situations this isn't a trap game by any stretch naples naples has not lost to laley since 2009 i do not see it happening here i also will take naples if it happened before 2015 when i got here i don't consider it it didn't happen it didn't happen (laughs) it didn't happen so as far as i'm concerned Naples is undefeated against Italy well, since I've been in Southwest Florida. And we'll both pick them to stay that way. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us inside Southwest Florida football. If you want updates on Friday nights, come to NaplesNews.com slash PrepZone and News-Press.com. 
for the new Naples Daily News. I'm Adam Fisher, and this is my partner, Adam Regan. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.